good morning and welcome to the gold standard on KCOU 88.1 FM. It's, I gotta go straight to my weekly weather report that I've been doing. It is so windy this morning. Like, it's ridiculous, which I did kind of know that was going to occur because I was at the news station for... I wasn't in the news station for 10 hours, but I was working for the news station for 10 hours yesterday. So I saw our 9 and 10, and they were leading with weather. It was storm mode, baby. Um, But yeah, so in true Missouri fashion, it's starting to feel like spring, which means the weather has to be crap, and we have to start having tornado warnings. Although, in all my time that I've lived in Columbia... I don't think I've ever experienced an actual tornado warning here, which is odd because in Springfield, we'd get them quite often. But there you go. There's your weather report for today. It's windy. Um, so the past couple weeks, you know, I've been talking about how I've been busy and not doing the best planning the show. So this week, to help break things up and make it a little bit easier for myself, I brought on a guest. And my guest this week is Jack Knowlton. Jack, how are you this morning? I'm good, Kara. Thanks for having me back. Delighted to be to be back on the gold standard A-waves. I think, what, what did I talk about, curling last time I was on here, I want to say? No, definitely not. Last time... I was trying to think this morning because you weren't on the show last semester, right? No, I think it was it was before the Olympics. I thought was the last time hmm. when we picked a sport. Was that it? That seems like way long ago. That might it have does. been it, though. It was. You didn't do curling. You did. Um, it wasn't bobsledding. It was one of the. Oh, it was slide- the luge. Luge. Was the I was going to say it was a sliding sport yeah. because I remember talking about germany yeah i had curling on my mind because i i stole some of your show's content because i i listened when you were talking about jared allen mm-hmm. the former vikings defensive end doing curling i was that was a very fun fact i, I took that and used that on another show of mine but yeah <laughs> was, that that was i was like that was cool so i had curling on the brain that's why mm-hmm. i put that in the discussion post for sports journalism because i don't know there was something about that whole thing that i just thought was like the funniest thing ever um but, Jack, why don't you go ahead and promote the shows that you do here on KCOU? Oh, yeah. My very long roster of shows. Yeah, I was going to say, have, this might take a minute. I have three too many, some would say. Um, I, I host Box to Box. Normally, you'd hear that today at 3. Uh, however, this week, we moved it to Tuesday um, due to um, scheduling and, and whatnot. But that's normally on, at 3 p.m. on Mondays. Um, I do a show called The Penalty Box with my friend Peter Camp. Um, that is at seven no six on wednesdays and then i have the unwritten rule you heard unwritten by natasha Bedingfield. thank you for playing that great yes, of song course. um with kenny Pay- kenny i was gonna say kenny payton and van doren my brain is <laughs> slow this morning kenny van doren and peyton haverman um the troll show of kcou you you know it you love it it's 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 fridays <laughs> mm-hmm. at three um but that's what i do kcou wise three shows too many oh and shout out grant salzman who i do box box with yes Oh my gosh. No, I completely feel you. I, on your brain being slow, because (laughs) I really thought I was doing something, making this show first thing Monday morning. I was like, yeah, it'll be perfect. I can plan over the weekend and then just, it'll be a good way to just like jumpstart the week. No, (laughs) I slog in here every Monday morning and I'm like, I'm so tired. Why did I do this? Um, But there is something nice about it being Monday morning at the same time. All right. Well, I don't know about you. I mean, I actually do. But (laughs) (laughs) I have spent a lot of my time recently um, thinking about watching, being involved with Mizzou Athletics. And so I thought for the time that you're able to be here, we just jump into some of the different sports that are going on. And I feel like it's only proper for us to start with Mizzou women's basketball because Jack and I will be traveling to Greenville, South Carolina to cover 
the probable only one game <laughs> that Mizzou will be playing in the SEC tournament. Um, so, Jack, you didn't go to the game yesterday <laughs> like a loser, but you watched from home. What were like the big things you took away from that game? Yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned this game against Arkansas that they're playing in, in Greenville probably being the Tigers' one and only game. Um, you know, I think this, it like, it almost described their season in a nutshell on Sunday against Florida where it was just disappointing. I think you put it perfectly when you compared it to a men's game from earlier this season where it kind of felt like the entire game Florida had a pretty narrow lead, but it felt like Missouri was down by 30 and we're not, really did never feel like they were going to get back into the game. Um you know, there was just a lot of like, there was a lot of silly fouls. They were giving so ups, a lot of corner threes. That was the, mm-hmm. the trend I noticed, at least in the first half. Um, and, you know, this one weirdly was Haley Frank and Lauren Hansen, who we harp on as only one of them seems to kind of show up on any given day. They both, I think, did their best. You know, they didn't shoot very well from three, but neither did the whole team. And that probably is ultimately what doomed them and what really felt like put them in a hole that they couldn't ever climb out of four for 23 from three is mm-hmm. unacceptable for just about any team And Florida didn't shoot all that great themselves nine for 33. So it was, it was just a lot of what we've noticed all season with these trends of like, sometimes the effort just isn't there when one of Frank or Hansen isn't clicking, nobody else really seems to step up and it, yeah, it culminated in them. I guess coming into this game, there wasn't much to play for. They were either going to have the eight or the nine seed in the tournament, and they have the nine seed now. But yeah, it was just it was just a lot of things that I think described this season overall, <laughs> broken down into one kind of lackluster, just you know, performance falling by the wayside. And this team is is very likely not going to make the NCAA tournament now. Yeah, that's something Robin Pinchton said after the game was like, if we'd have gotten this win if we would have had seven wins in the sec we still probably well she did also say we'd have to pick up a win at the sec tournament but she was like we'd still be teetering on that bubble we'd still have an ncaa tournament chance i i mean maybe if you win in the sec but like i still felt like even if they beat florida last night i was just like y'all should not be a tournament team they just especially since conference play started have not shown like anything that has convinced me that they deserve to be in the tournament and I mean conference play has just been sluggish for this team and it is something that seems to happen a lot with these pinched in teams of just like you get into conference play and I mean they started off three and oh and they beat I mean Alabama who's a good team and they had some good wins but then after that it was just like they couldn't get anything basically for a while yeah they had that that tough streak in the middle where they lost six games in a row and you Mm -hmm. mentioned like it is so frustrating with with this this these teams year after year where they started off super well their only loss in non-con was to an 11th ranked virginia tech team they come in, you you felt like they almost got the, the bug of not being able to win on the road off of their back because that Alabama game and the win before that against Auburn were both on the road. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you did. It felt like this team was kind of building something up. And then they went through a little bit of a gauntlet having to play LSU and South Carolina in back-to-back games and then Tennessee as well, who, like, you know, they narrowly lost to. And I think that game really hurt them and mm-hmm. kind of derailed it. It felt like they really needed that Tennessee game to sort of get back on track and and that was a proving game I think for them where it was it was like this game's going to dictate how the rest of the season goes if they win yeah. that it's like okay this is a you know top half top third SEC type of team that you know yes isn't at the level of South Carolina and LSU but is just a notch below that and instead they lose that and I think really just snowballed after that and they could they really couldn't get anything get anything going like you said and so yeah it's just so frustrating because you saw that potential there in non-con and in the first couple games of the the conference season and it just is you know it's deflating they just they just snowballed and that that, I mean that's what conference play would do to you it's a gauntlet yeah and that's something that I had said last week about Tennessee was like they had that loss to Arkansas and it was like 
ugly bad. It was, I was at the game and it was just hard to watch basically of just, it wasn't even that their offense was doing terrible. They just, their defense could not stop Arkansas at all. But then that LSU and South Carolina, those are two very good teams. You can't take those losses to heart. But that Tennessee game, which I also was at and watched, it was brutal because I think Mizzou thought they should have won that game because they should have. The officiating, and I hate to blame officiating because I really do believe that good teams overcome bad officiating. But in that game, to me, officiating did make the difference. And I mean, like last or yesterday in the game against Florida, I thought some of the calls on Missouri were pretty weak. But at the same time, they missed so many wide open shots. They were missing like just easy layups. And so at that point, it's like it's definitely not the officiating there. Yeah, they got some bad calls. But at the same time, they were not doing what they needed to do to get it done. Yeah. The the rebounding was another really frustrating mm. element I'd mm-hmm. hit on it. It only ended up being Florida having a 45 to 39 advantage on the the rebounding battle, but again, any all the close metrics in this game felt so much bigger than they actually mm-hmm. were. Like it just felt like Florida was dominating them on the glass. I never really felt confident in Missouri going up for a contested rebound. It like mm-hmm. almost had to get batted around and then just wind up in somebody's hands who wasn't in the scrum of people going for it like there were two players for florida and double digit rebounding like it it just these like it just was confounding mistakes and again and again like they couldn't overcome it you kind of saw what they had to do to get back in the game and they they just couldn't do it Mm -hmm. and again it ended up feeling like a way bigger florida win than than it actually was yeah and a couple things i wanted to bring up one is I just wanted to bring it up again, and I say this all the time, but Mama Dembele, again, she only had five points yesterday. But when you go watch a Mizzou game, the way she plays just constantly, she does so much for that team without it really reflecting in the stat line because she had some fabulous passes. She had a really good pass I can't remember at what point in the first half it was, but it was no look behind the back to Haley Frank. Frank wide open, hits a three. And I mean, Mama Dembele can really help create some of those momentum plays that I I love watching her play for that reason of, especially with Lauren Hansen. I feel like a lot of Lauren's really good looks come from a great pass from Mama Dembele. And then also, Sarah Rose Smith, I don't know what was going through her head yesterday, but she just looked like every second that she was on the court, she was putting in 110%, and she was so aggressive. Like, she was so fiery yesterday, and she had a couple plays that were just, like, her really, like, going for the ball and, like, putting her body on the line. And I mean, she was like trying to yank the ball out of Florida players' hands and falling on the ground. But uh, she had nine rebounds and she was one of the players that did look like when she was on the court, she was aggressively going for the rebounds. Um, but I mean, for her too, the shots were not falling yesterday. The The shooting percentage for Missouri yesterday is not pretty to look at yeah I, I mean going back to what you said about mama debele i mean she's my favorite player to watch on this team i mean she's the quintessential example of just how important having a, a point guard is like we've seen that on the men's side for missouri last season how just slow and you know messed up that offense was because they didn't have a true guard and now their point guard now they have a couple and it's so much better mama debele when she's not on the floor creating you know lauren hansen can do that, I think, for herself. I don't think she does it as well for for getting the ball into other people's hands, like you said. Um, Mama Dembele can set up. She can run that offense. She knows when to be aggressive and take the ball take the ball inside. She can get to the free throw line. She made three of her four free throws um, on Sunday, and you can tell like she gets forced into moments where she sometimes has to shoot, and she doesn't 
really mm-hmm. want to, which I think, again, represents just the like stagnation of this offense, where it's like she's trying her best to find teammates, and sometimes she's just kind of forced to, to shot chuck a little bit. And Sarah Rose Smith, like, that is the frustration with her. She does give 110% pretty much every time she mm-hmm. plays. She is going to be good for seven plus rebounds over almost or almost every game but yeah it's just that the shooting is just not there and then it it leads to you know kind of her ending up being a minus on offense where Mm -hmm. but you can caveat that with if you don't have that nine rebounds you're getting even more destroyed on the on the boards than you already are but yeah I don't think Mama Dembele's role on this team can be understated I don't think Haley Frank or Lauren Hansen hit as many shots as they do without her involvement in that in that buildup mm-hmm. another thing I think could have helped Missouri out yesterday was a little more good time from Ashton Judd she hit a decent amount of the shots she took yesterday she was two for six and then one from four for one of four from the three but she got those fouls early and she was kind of I mean she was also one that was always down under the basket trying to get a rebound but it just seemed like with picking up some fouls early she couldn't be as aggressive as she wanted to be but she also I mean she feels like someone who if she gets the ball in her hand outside the arc she should be shooting immediately and I mean you're one for four but at the same time I don't know. Her shot looks good, and she can drain them. Yeah. Ashton Judd, I think, is, you know, she's a freshman who is going to make freshman mistakes and has. Mm-hmm. Like, we have seen, we see that with the three fouls. She, you know, wants to always make a, a highlight play on defense or, or, you know, have an impact in whatever way she can. You know, that's something that will come with time where she learns, you know, not to be over-aggressive and get into foul trouble. But, yeah, I think to that same extent, you know, be confident in your, in your shot. Take it, like – you know, Pinchton seems to trust her, gave her the most minutes off the bench. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to really lose playing time at this point, shooting a couple extra threes. So, yeah, her her impact on offense, I think, is is very positive given where she is, de- like, developing as a player and is somebody that I think everybody can be very excited for going forward with a team that you don't have a ton of that excitement because of where a lot of the other players are at in their in their career. Yeah. All right, so Thursday, Arkansas again. (laughs) Yeah, third time. Hard to beat the same team three times. Yes. Just saying. I remember last year, um, so Missouri played Arkansas last year in the SEC tournament, lost in overtime. And I remember before that game, Justin Bear and I were calling it, and he he said that. He was like, it's hard to beat the same team three times. And... I do think that showed itself a little bit in the fact that Missouri did force that game to go to overtime. But at the same time, I mean, do you think Missouri has a chance in this game? I think it's interesting. I have to I have to keep deep diving into Arkansas. They have mm-hmm. a lot of players who can hurt you. They are a team that did get to 20 wins ultimately. They're not in the the best run of form since beating Missouri that second time. They've lost 3 of their last 4. They did manage to get a win against Texas A&M, who is, you know, the worst team in the SEC. Mm-hmm. But I think Missouri does have a chance in this game. It, again, it's just is it's frustrating because I think they have a chance in almost any game they play, as long as it's not yeah. against you know a top ten or whatever team or even a top like three team in the in the league. I think they do have a chance, but it's just you know it's it's who's going to show up. It's is the shooting going to be there? Is the rebounding going to be there? You know, are we going to see some of the strange decision making that we've seen in these in these last couple games? But given the run of form Arkansas is on, yeah, I think I think there's a chance. I'm gonna I'll stick with my it's hard to beat the same team three times. But I mean, Arkansas has beaten them twice, Missouri twice in it like handily yes. both times. Yes, and that's again Robin Pinchton was talking about that last night. I mean, she said like this team has our number. <laughs> we've struggled against them. That's, and that's great. Great <laughs> words of motivation. To the, sometimes I, I, I like Robin because unlike, you know, Dennis Gates, Robin will, will tell it like it is. She yeah. kind of speaks her mind. But sometimes I'm like, you got to just give him the coach talk. <laughs> like you got to just give him the coach speech. <laughs> Otherwise, people are going to. Yeah, they're going to hold you to that and be like, well, 
I mean, you she, weren't really ready to win this game from the start. She did say that they have to like get their minds right and turn it around. Debrief. So she was she was trying to like spin it in like a we know like this is a team we struggle against, but that's why we have to like work really hard in this short amount of time. Anyways, okay. she's <laughs> she's correct. Yeah. Arkansas has had their number. I just feel like that last game, 61 to 33, like, there's no nice way to say it. Like, that is bad. 33 points. And just, like, I don't know. I didn't watch this game, which I guess I'm glad. But they had five points in the third quarter. They had seven points in the second six in the first like they were not scoring the shot one for 15 from three in that game yeah like <laughs> i mean guess who hit that three <laughs> Ashton Ashton of course but i mean even only shooting 15 threes for this team is like unheard of they're usually putting up putting it up more from behind the arc and i just think the fact that they weren't even able to get shots off which that's another problem that they had last night of every single time they brought the ball down, the shot clock was going like all the way down and they had a couple shot clock violations. And so I think it'll just be interesting to see what they do with the offense to try to get more shots off against Arkansas and if the shots will fall for them because the past two games before Florida – I mean, even though they lost to Ole Miss, that didn't even look like a bad loss. They were in that game for a lot of the time. The lead was only five with like a minute left. But then, I mean, Florida last night, the shot's really not falling. I, It is hard because it does feel like you just never know what team is showing up. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I could I think I I could see you know they started Sarah Lithicum in this game along with Frank Dembele Hansen and, and Troop. I think Sarah Rose Smith will probably start against Arkansas in the tournament mm -hmm. game. I think she just offers a little bit more, like you said, just with kind of her aggressiveness, her willingness to take it to the basket. She can get you some of those second chance points, some of those offensive rebounds, and opportunities to to reset the shot clock. But yeah, this is a team that like if they get slowed down. It, it can get really, really grim for them. Um, and we saw that in the second game against Arkansas. So I think, like, you know, they're going to want to create fast offense. You're, you're trying to tell Frank and, and Hanson, shoot the ball when you have an mm -hmm. open three. Like, even if you're, even if you end up going, it's better to go, you know, I don't know. I'd almost say it's better to go one for 25 than one for 15. At least you tried. Yeah. At least you got the shots up. Yes, I would agree. I mean, you miss 100% of the shots that this, you this don't true. take. true. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Yes. All right. So that's some women's basketball. You'll be able to hear plenty more of that on Thursday. But let's switch over to men's basketball, where Jack Knowlton knows a, a, <laughs> a good deal. A thing or two. <laughs> a thing or two about the Mizzou men's basketball team. Um, so starting off just with the last game that happened against Georgia. I mean, big win. Missouri in the second half just owned Georgia. What did you kind of take away from this game? Yeah, it, it was a it was a really interesting game for sure. Like you said, like it was, you know, they were they were down by one at halftime. It kind of felt like this was another road game you could see slipping away from them. Um, and then yeah, in the second half they just they made the adjustments they needed to make. Um, I think this is you know, you have to give a lot of credit to Gates and, and his coaching. Um, Kobe Brown only played, I think he missed nine minutes in the second half. They sat him on the bench and looked, um, you know, great. They shot they their three-pointer after, I don't think they had a three until like the 10-31 mark or whatever of the first half, and then came out and shot the ball phenomenally and ended up finishing 50% from three. You're not going to lose a game to almost anybody if you shoot 50% from three. Mm -hmm. they, they looked really good at creating like, kind of inside out offense where like they were they were getting the ball inside they would get double teamed and then you know the shooters were moving really really well on the perimeter and they could find kickouts to guys and have had a lot of open threes um i thought georgia came out and played really good defense especially against kobe brown they were double teaming him um 
but Missouri figured them out. And then I think the talent kind of showed itself Mm -hmm. as a a more talented Missouri team than Georgia. I think that that added to why this became such a big win. Um, But again, like we saw this against um, Mississippi State, too. They got production just up and down from from pretty much everybody that they gave big minutes to. Yeah. Um, Mojiar started his second game, I thought, was was the best player on the floor until he came out in the first half. Um, seven points, couple rebounds, had a dunk. Like he was he was given Georgia problems in the in the paint. I think I think it was another pretty complete not a complete performance, but as as complete of a second half I think that we've seen this mm-hmm. season. Yeah, I mean again, I didn't watch the first half of this game because I was uh <laughs> I listened to it, but I was at the news station and then I came home and sat down and watched the second half and I was like, oh boy, like, I guess I don't really know what happened in the first, but completely different second half. Um, Yeah. I mean, when you look at just like the stats, it did seem just like a complete team game. And a lot of times it does feel like Kobe Brown has to be on and he has to be playing at such a high level for this team to be successful, especially coming back. I mean, they were only one down, but at the same time, it just felt like it was a Georgia team that this is what they should have done to Georgia, what happened in the end, but in the first half, it didn't look like that's what was going to happen. But yeah, I don't know. I just feel like this team drives me nuts because <laughs> you have games like AM where it's just like stagnant and it did just feel like they were just standing there a lot of the time and it was just like just move around to get open and then you can get those shots and they have games like that and then they have games like this where in the second half they're just blowing people away so i they're just so interesting to watch because a little bit like the women's team. It does feel sometimes like you don't know who's going to show up. And I do think it's because both teams rely a lot on the three. And so if they're not hitting their shots, they don't really know what to do. And that's maybe because they're both a little bit small. That's what I thought against Florida for <laughs> the women. Was I was like, they're just a little bit small. Yeah. They just seem very outsized. Yeah, I, th- I think... I mean, you mentioned the live or die by the three thing. I think that is that is very true. And and again, it, it was this was the first time I watched a road game on TV where so often the commentators would say, and, and Missouri has not been great on the road. Mm-hmm. So often the commentators would say, "Well, you know, watch out. This team always has a run in them. This team always has a you know they can get firing on offense if they turn you over two or three times, hit a couple threes, they're right back in this game." And then it would never really happen. Mm-hmm. And Sunday or Saturday was kind of the first example where it did happen. They forced 19 Georgia turnovers. Um, you know, this was a, another game where, and this is I think Missouri's Achilles heel and what will end up costing them in the postseason is they allow teams who are not great at shooting the three themselves to have very good shooting performances in Georgia Mm -hmm. looked like they were on that track in the first half I think I I might be wrong on this number but they had 10 they made 10 threes in the game I think eight of them were in the first half and that helped them kind of kind of jump out to an early lead Um, they had a guy off the bench his name is Oh, it's Aquendo is his last name. Cairo Aquendo, who had, I think, 11 points in the first half and 13 in the game. So they helped, too, by having some natural cool-off from their opponent, which mm-hmm. has not happened in losses this season. Like, teams shoot uncharacteristically well. And I think it's become enough of a pattern where it's not, oh, this is just kind of unlucky for Missouri. It's, this is what they give up. And it, yeah. it a, a team going red-hot from three is what is going to beat this Tigers team in the tournament. Because... We've seen them get out rebounded, and I think, you know, they can kind of shoot their way out of, of problems in the paint. Um, whereas, it, again, comparing to the women's team, it does not feel like they can, mm-hmm. which is what is, has costed them a lot more. Um, the men's team has proven they can lose the rebounding battle and still kind of figure it out. Um, and we saw that, and I think it was it was finally it was another dominant performance on the road, one we hadn't really seen since they played Ole Miss a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it bodes, it bodes well. But yes, they live or die by the three. And them yeah. them going a little bit cold and another team getting hot that even doesn't usually get hot is what I predict will cost them in the postseason. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Gates, I mean, Gates has said so many times that what they don't have in the rebounding stat, it's in the steals, and I don't know. I said after the A&M game, like, when do you give that up? And <clears throat> in this game against Georgia, it just did seem like that translated. Like, this was a game where I was like, okay, the, yes, if you're getting those steals and if you're getting points off of them. Just another thing the women's team did not do mm -hmm. yesterday was second chance buckets, none. And uh, they got like two points off yeah. of second chance. And then they have some trouble converting turnovers to points. But the Missouri men's team, <clears throat> excuse me, just, I, it is when they do that, that they just have these big blowout wins because I do think in a way they completely beat Georgia down. I mean, by the end of that game, <laughs> it was kind of sad. <laughs> it was, it looked like for the last like five minutes of that game, Georgia was just like, okay, yeah, just like they let they were, it be they over. They knew they were beaten. Yeah. And so if they can really disrupt the other team defensively and kind of get in their heads, that's where I think Missouri is really dangerous is if they can kind of beat the morale out of the other team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, this was more of a trend, I think, in the beginning of the year. But, like, when we saw it to some extent against Georgia, and Georgia did well to kind of fight back, but, like, there are some games where you can almost tell in the first five minutes whether they're going to win or lose because Missouri can just go on a 20-5 to five run to start a game, and it, it's done. They, they'll mm -hmm. shoot well enough to keep themselves with it, you know, far enough ahead that they can kind of ride it out for a win. We hadn't seen that in a while, and, and we saw that kind of just in one half against Georgia where – you know, this team really took off and all of a sudden you're like, oh, this what was a close this game's over. What mm -hmm. was a close game is has has now been, you know, blown wide open by this by this shooting barrage and this, you know, ability to create offense and to have so many guys that can score for you is is incredibly helpful. Like Gates said afterward, Kobe Brown suggested taking himself out and letting another group kind of, you know, run out there because I think Kobe Brown has noticed when teams can kind of bottle him up, it can mm -hmm. sort of bottle the whole team up. And it's not that they, you know, are give the ball to Kobe Brown every time and let him do his thing. It's just like when your best player isn't clicking, I think that takes the morale out of and the wind out of your sails a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like with everybody else, everyone's game kind of seems to switch off a little bit. So Kobe Brown said, let's see how they can just do without me in the game. And they they did well. Aiden Shaw played again. Played, yeah. played good defense. Like, I don't know. It's it's like you said, it's so frustrating because this team is very exciting. They have the depth. They have the scoring ability. They have at least defensively an ability to create takeaways. That's probably all you can really say for that. And it it ha it can and has beaten pretty much anybody in this in this league. But again, it, it can also have you can have games like AM where you just kind of fall apart and yeah, we'll see. I'm ex I'm excited mm -hmm. for for what is what's to come for them. Yeah. Um, so speaking of their depth, they just got Trey Gamillion back. Mm -hmm. What do you think his immediate impact has been coming back to the team? I mean, it's been as as good as you can you can ask for it. He played, I think, the most minutes he's played all season against Mississippi State. Had eight points and ten rebounds in that game. And I'd I'd said this for him coming in and and. He started a lot of the games in non-con early, and I don't necessarily think he should start over someone like Golston or especially if Isaiah Mosley comes back, which is a situation we do not have to get into on this show. Mm -hmm. um, but he's somebody that off the bench, like he plays so much bigger than he is. He's like a 6'4 guard who I, I would be confident, and I can tell Gates is at switching onto bigs and mm -hmm. letting him go up against guys a lot taller and, and, and bigger than he is because he's... A smart player he knows how to get himself in the right positions to get rebounds but he's also just really aggressive and he gives you a a kind of intangible spark that like yeah he's not going to make he's not going to come off the bench and knock down two threes mm -hmm. which is maybe what someone like Golston's going to do um but he's going to come off the bench and he's going to play smart defense he's going to set the tone he's going to get rebounds he's going to do all the little things to to help you and I think like it's it's been huge for uh, them to have him back, and he played well against Georgia too. Um, that was his hometown. He's from uh, Augusta, 
And so that was a little bit of a homecoming game for him. He did have that one play. Did you see the one play where he had the fast break? He just lost it out of bounds. No. He had a, he had a fast break. It was literally it was one on zero, and mm. he like. He like got it. He stopped. He was definitely gonna try some dunk, and he just like threw the ball out of bounds. Oh my god! And and I was like, oh, this could be a little momentum shifter. And then mm-hmm. like two plays later, he got it again and, and dunked it, and that was yeah. like the the game ender. Um, but yeah, he's been he's been huge. Um, you know, he came off the bat. I'm trying to find his stats. Let's see. He had 19 minutes, eight points, three rebounds again. That's if if you can mm-hmm. have that in a tournament game, that's huge. I think his he is definitely a a unsung hero who. You know, I think he's gotten the praise he's deserved, but like his game is is so much more than just scoring or or mm-hmm. it's it, he gives you a different kind of look and he's a, a helpful utility guy to have because he plays so much bigger than he is. Yeah, it's my long winded spiel. <laughs> no, perfect. Yeah, I think it's just been so clear since he's come back how much of an impact he can have on the team, and so it's been really good for Missouri and some depth off the bench to have him. Um, but really quick, before I let you leave for class, um, LSU on the road, what is your take on this upcoming game? Yeah, this is this is an interesting one. Uh, I think, you know, they played LSU at home already, won by 10, scored 87 points in that game. I think, you know, had as, as good of a game as you can have for them at home. Um, since then, LSU has been terrible. Um, they've won once, I think, in their last like 13 games. They're in last oh. in the SEC. Um, did win like a week ago against Vanderbilt, um, but then lost to Ole Miss on Saturday. A team Missouri blew out of the water on the road. You know, I think any road game in the SEC can be a trap game. Mm-hmm. LSU at this point doesn't have much to play for. They're rooted to the bottom of the SEC. I think they maybe could still climb to like 12th if they went out. Um, this is a game I, I pretty heavily favor Mizzou in. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm weirdly less worried about LSU now than I was when they played LSU at home, um, just because of the form LSU's been in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, y- you got to snap out of it sometime. But when you, you when I'm looking at all the losses that I'm looking at right now, I, I I think it's an LSU team, very much in the in the rebuilding phases. I I am not mm-hmm. super worried. I think of the three games they had left ahead of. Saturday, Saturday's was the one I was the most worried about with Georgia. I think I think they'll be all right against LSU. Yeah, I don't I don't know something in me, and maybe it's just I am jaded. I don't know, but I just feel like it's a classic trap game. Like, yeah. L, it just seems like Missouri is on such a good pace to just win out, and that'll you know pretty much cement them in the NCAA tournament. And it'll put them in a good spot for the SEC tournament, blah, blah, blah. It just seems like, honestly, I'd be more worried about LSU than Ole Miss at this point. Just because, like, I just feel like you can go into this game and be like, yep, it's over. (laughs) Like, LSU's trash, which isn't really Dennis Gates' style, at least the way he speaks to, like, the media. It's very every game matters and when it's March, it doesn't matter what your record is. Every team is wants to win. And I mean, even if you're LSU and you're not really playing for anything, you're kind of just playing to like prove a point of like, we can win a game. Yeah. I mean, LSU, you know, against Missouri, they, I mean, they have some guys that can hurt you. They had six players in double figures in scoring, Mm -hmm. um, in the home game. I, I think, Missouri ended up forcing LSU to play the game that Missouri wants them to play. And Mm -hmm. I think if they can do that again on the road, Missouri will be just fine. But LSU does have some players who can hurt you. Um, K.J. Williams, LSU's best player, at 15 points against Missouri. He's a bigger dude. He's 6'10". I think, you know, we could maybe see Mojiara starting on on him again. And and if he plays how he played in the first half against Georgia, slows him down, I think that'll hurt LSU. But, yeah, like you said, it it, it does feel like a little bit of a trap game on the road. Mm -hmm. Um but I do think Missouri has the talent if they can force LSU to play its style. Like I think Missouri should should do enough. I think the fact that you could have six guys in double figures and still beat a team by double digits is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is an LSU team that started twelve and one. They beat Arkansas at home when Arkansas was ninth in the country. So you know you don't you can't mess around in the SEC. And like you said, Missouri has a ton to play for still. Mm-hmm. Um, the top four is is very much still in play we know how huge that double buy can be for them um so we'll we'll see it's gonna be 
It's going to be an interesting one. And then against Ole Miss, I think they'll be all right. It's senior day. It's yeah. at home. They crushed Ole Miss on the road. Ole Miss is not not good. Um, I actually, when no. I look at pure talent, think LSU is better than Ole Miss. I just think mm-hmm. LSU as a first-year head coach and kind of just crumbled a little bit. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and that game's sold out, isn't it? Ole Miss? Yes. Probably. I, I I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I think a long time ago all the Saturday games were sold out. Yeah. So, yeah. I just, with that, with the crowd that I would expect for that game. Senior day. And senior day. I mean, I, if, especially if they do it for Kobe Brown, whether he comes back or not, you know, the, the things he's given this program, that's going to amp everybody up. Oh, for sure. yeah. It's, oh, I wish I could be there. <laughs> Tough. I do. I do. Yeah. Kobe Brown's, it'll, it'll be a little bit sad just from being connected to this team. He's in mm-hmm. our, he's in our, he's been through this program through our four years here as well. So it'll be yeah. a, a pretty cool moment for him and, and, what he's gone through. Easy first team. I was thinking about my, I'll get a vote for the SEC, like first team and, and, Mm -hmm. and, um, player of the year and stuff. And I was thinking about that last night, Kobe Brown firmly in the first team, all SEC for sure. Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, some great insight from the Mizzou beat writer for the Missourian (laughs) for men's basketball. Um, if you want to click on my articles, it doesn't give me any money, but you know, <laughs> it, you know, it helps them out. Yeah. It helps, it helps the site out. Anything, yes. anything for the site. Um, but yeah, you can hear us. It's 11 AM here. No. Yes. yes. 12 Eastern. We'll be calling Mizzou, Arkansas on Thursday. So be sure to tune back in for that. But yeah, that's Jack has to go to class. So I'll, <laughs> I'll kick it to a quick break and let him get out of here. But thank you for coming on today. Yes, thank you. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your Sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. Look at me, busy as a bee. Where'd I get all this energy? Oh, man, mm, man. I don't sleep and I don't eat, but I've got the cleanest house on the street. Oh, man, mm, man. Get these hairs all out of my face. Get these bugs all out of my place. One more hit, no time to waste. Oh, man, mm, man. My name's Chase Madison. And I'm Luke Magnanti. And we are Cup of Bro. A sports radio talk show right here on KCLU 88.1 FM. Join us at 11 a.m. on Fridays for some fun sports talk. Featuring our bro segment where we talk about everything that happens off the field. And drink a little bit of coffee too. So be sure to tune in to see what we got brewing up. Welcome back to the Gold Standard on KCOU 88.1 FM. Thanks again to my guest, Jack Knowlton, who just left, but had a great little conversation about the Mizzou men's and women's basketball teams. Man, I've been following them both so closely this year, and I feel like maybe it's because I'm a senior, but I, I feel like I've been following them more closely this year, felt more connected um, than I have in years past. And maybe part of it also is just um, all of the COVID like restrictions and stuff being lifted and it just really feeling like um, back to the normal atmosphere. And I mean, also, yes, because the men's basketball team is good this year. Um, But yeah, so very fun talking about that, but now I want to move on to a different Mizzou um, sport that I would like to end on. Talked about it a little bit last week, and now I really must talk about this one again, and it's Mizzou Gymnastics. They 
Oh my gosh. The gymnastics team last year was so good. And I was just like so excited because I was like, ah, it's beautiful to have like a really good gymnastics program. That's super cool. But then um, this year too has just been fabulous and just upsetting Auburn and getting the perfect 10 on the vault. Very exciting. And then they turn around, go to Arkansas and set a new program high score, break the record, um, best performance in program history. And Arkansas was number 17. Mizzou was number 15. And Mizzou scored a 197.850 to an Arkansas 196.650. So pretty, like, they handled Arkansas pretty, pretty well. Um, and I'm, I'm reading like the article about it kind of as I'm speaking about it, but they closed out the meet with another program best on the beam, the beam Queens, of course. And so in the past six days, the Tigers have tied the vault program record, set a new program record on bars, set a new program record on beam, and tied the second second best floor record and set a new program high score. That's all within the past six days. That's insane. They're truly so good. Here's my recommendation to you. If you have the opportunity to go watch Mizzou Gymnastics, absolutely take it. And like zero excuses I don't care if you don't think you like gymnastics. Watching Mizzou gymnastics, especially if you are like in the Columbia community or you're a student at Mizzou, it is so fun. And it's just one of those programs where, I mean, this is a fantastic gymnastics program. And so being able to, as a fan, go root for them and they're part of your institution, your university. And I mean, just like the best ever in your program. They are so fun to watch. The energy at the meet is so good. Did I go to the record setting, um, attendance record setting meet? Yeah, I did. But they should all at this point be attendance record setting meets because this team is just insanely good. And this is apparently just me on my soapbox of you should go watch the Mizzou gymnastics team. But I really, really do think that gymnastics is so fun to watch. This team is so fun to watch. Um, But let's look at the scores um, really quick for what Missouri did like individually against Arkansas. So, Celestine got the best score on the bars. She got a 9.925. Sierra Schreiber got a 9.9. Elise, Alyssa Sharameda got a 9.850. Jocelyn Moore got a 9.8. Kira Burns got a 9.875. And then, ooh, Helen Hu got a 9.9 that's fabulous so I'm trying to see which score they dropped they would have dropped Jocelyn Moore's then I guess because it's up five one two three four five yes um so you know good scores I they're all going to be really good scores because they set a program record Vault, Jocelyn Moore, who got the perfect 10 against Auburn. She got a 9.975, so she was so close. Um, But a really good score on the vault. Um, um, Yeah, I mean, all of the other scores, like I said, they're good. But I think I'm going to just start saying 9.9s and higher. Um, so that I can get out of here on time. (laughs) Um, so let's see for the floor. 
Jocelyn Moore had the team's high score with a 9.975. Oh my gosh, she is so good. Um, Alana Kratzer got a 9.9 .9 on the floor. Sharametta got a 9.925. Yeah, nice. All right, and then on the beam, the beam queens, of course. Um, Lawrence and Schreiber both got a 9.925. Oh my gosh, only one person in the rotation got less than a 9.9, .9, and it was Davis, and she got a 9.875. That's so good. Um, McCrary, Sharametta, and Hu all got a 9.9 .9 on the beam. So here is, here's, here's your chance. Tigers close out their SEC play against number nine, Alabama, on this Friday. So will I be able to go? No, because I'll be in Greenville, South Carolina. But this is your opportunity to go see a very good record-setting team play Alabama, and Alabama's nine. Auburn was five, and Mizzou beat them. So I would recommend, you don't have to, but I would recommend. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit of a gymnastics update. They're killing it. They're so good. Um, but that's all I have for the show today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you once again, and for the last time to my guest this morning, Jack Knowlton, be sure to listen to his shows Basically, if you turn on KCOU at any point, you've got a good shot that one of his shows is on, one of his three. But yeah, that is all. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Listen to my broadcast.